What a card in Nashville, Tennessee. I watched at least 70% of it. Uh, that would be the you know main card and a few good prelims in there, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is much easier from outside the cage. As my co-host, Raf Esparza, can personally attest, and I apologize for the anger in my voice, but that's how I feel. You were doing jiu-jitsu at the beach with the L.A. Jiu-Jitsu Club, which is a group of your hooligan friends. How are you doing, Raph? I'm doing great, and I don't really enjoy the fact that you have such resentment in your voice, which we all can hear, Kevin. It just seems like a really fun thing to do, and I don't have a beach. That's the one. Well, you get the invitations, don't you? Uh, I got the Facebook invitation, like, Saturday. No, it was probably two weeks ago. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm sticking with, I don't remember seeing it. Hmm. Whatever. I have uh, evidence that says here that you not only saw it, but you acknowledged it, Kevin. So when you acknowledge it, you yourself, you made a choice. And your choice was not to come here and roll with us on the beach. So really ask yourself who's to blame. I know. I'm obviously projecting. How was it? They Did you grill? What Do you swim? Is it like... Oh, Joey's surfing, and he's looking for a match. How does it go? Uh, on the way out, there were these two uh, ladies who were on, like, kind of skeptical uh, on their way to their car. But they just go, what were you guys doing? Who's this organization? And I go, oh, this is all for jujitsu. We're the L.A. Jiu-Jitsu Club. And they go, oh, jujitsu, woo ha, yeah, yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm, exactly like that. <laughs> and uh, they go, oh, that's so cool. And they go, so do you guys like chain in the beach? And I was like, well, we had mats right here. And she's like, yeah, that's what I meant. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, yeah. We were we have, we bring mats and we roll here. And there's a beautiful ocean view. Like, look at it. And she's just like, isn't it so beautiful? And I go, yeah, thanks, lady. All right, I'm done with you. Goodbye. Get out of my way. I'm trying to clean up here. But, um, yeah, I mean, Kev, you know how nice it looks. You see the photos. And it is awesome because it's a celebration of a lot of people in the community. We have our good friend Nico who says it's one of his favorite things that we do in jiu-jitsu. And Nico is a killer. So, if you can't trust Nico, who can you trust, Kevin? I don't think there's anyone. I'll say it publicly. Maybe still JT Torres, probably. Yeah. So, by the way, I didn't even tell you this. I don't think. But JT Torres was a surprise guest at last week's ADCC. And when he showed up, he, like, like taps me and goes, what's up, Raph? And I go, JT, I thought you were not supposed to be here. And he's like, it's a surprise. And I was like, what's a good surprise? So. There's that. So anyway, back to jujitsu at the beach. Um, tons of fun. Lots of people who come on out. Um, we'll put up some photos later. Uh, it's always good to to meet new people. So when you're rolling with people over there, you try to be as respectful as possible, and you know you try not to go murderous, but you want to have good, he- fun, healthy, competitive roles. And I won't name names, but people know who they are who go really aggro on those mats. <laughs> But, like, well, they do. We had a couple people who started, like, trying to, like, actually stand up, wrestle. And you're looking at them going, there's not enough space, you morons. 
fuck are you doing? So there's that. But I guess I bring this up because there was a small child. Kev, I think this kid was all of what? Three, four, five, somewhere in there. And he enjoyed rolling to the point where he looks at me and he just whispers. He goes, you know, I'm not going to tap, right? And I go, ah, <laughs> terrifying, what? And he just goes, you can try and choke me all you want, but you know I'm not going to tap. And I go, no, tapping's good. Tapping's what keeps us alive. Who told you tapping's bad? Tapping is your friend. <laughs> oh, my God, kid. Oh, no. No, the headline is not going to read on Jiu-Jitsu Times. I like it. Rafa Sparza verbal though. tap is going to kill a child. No. Did. <laughs> so I like his power play, like immediately just letting you know baseline is death. Like I'm prepared to lose future here. <laughs> Let's go, old man. That's great. So the fun part is when he was rolling with me, uh, you know, we, we expand the entire time and he hasn't caught me, caught me, but he's like really excited that he's going to all these different positions and he's really, really doing well. And then he just asked super politely at the end of the role. He just goes, Hey man, can I put you in a rear naked choke? And I was like, yeah, I guess. All right, here you go. Tap to you. And he's like, thanks. And just runs away. And it was like, I thought about it and I go, Oh, that's really nice. Cut to a larger person by the name of Johnny Ho. Uh, to give you an inclination of what Johnny Ho is like, Johnny Ho is a guy who says, hey, friend, friends, as he mounts you and puts all the pressure in the world on top of you. To give you further inclination of what Johnny Ho is like, he is a brown belt who recently was selected by Cyborg, that is Ricardo or Richard Cyborg Abreu, uh, for being a training partner out when he was coming out here for ADCC to train up for Vinny. So that's the kind of caliber of jujitsu that uh, Johnny has. So Johnny then asked me at one point, like he mounts me and it's so bad. I can't really move. And he just goes, hey, ref, can I have this arm? And I go, hmm, I mean, he's going to take it. <laughs> I really don't have a choice. But he did ask politely. So and I start giving nice, it to him. And I was like, you know, nobody's ever asked me this politely. So I thought about it and I go, you know, he might be onto something. So he, he transitions to mount and like he has that mount where he's like not putting his feet on the ground. He's kind of swimming on you and it's horrible. And I just go, hey, Johnny, I did you a solid. I gave you my arm. Could you do me a solid and not be in mount? And he's like, oh, yeah, certainly. And I was like, oh, this is genius. I just have to start doing this more. <laughs> You've got to ask questions, too. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's the lesson. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of really good people there. So the kid's amazing. He was then – I saw that kid destroy Eric and Joey and Drew. And he comes up to me later and he's like – he goes <laughs> – Joey's wearing a white shirt. But he looks over at Joey and he goes, I'm waiting for the white guy to finish. And I go, what? And he goes, the guy in the white shirt. And I go, oh, well, that also applies to Joey. Yeah, they're both <laughs> – it's yeah, those, those both check out there and he goes yeah he tapped me twice and i wanted to look at joey and be like you son of a bitch why the fuck are you tapping this fucking child because <laughs> he looks at me and he goes i tapped out twice today or three times a day two times to joey and then he looks at me and he's like once to you and i was like Wait, did he tap out? Uh-oh, did I hurt him? Uh -oh. Hey, and thus the blame. This uh, my projections earlier. Now look at you calling Joey out. Would you bone? I just want to Hey, listen. I no, I didn't we weren't in gi. Nobody wore gi except maybe a little bit later when people were like, "It's cold. I want my gi now." And I was like, "Ha. 
Nogi bow and arrow him? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible, but no, I'm, I'm not that gifted. No, all I did was I was using very light uh, movement with him, and he's just jumping on me. He's not even trying to pass guard. He literally just flew at me. He's like running a circle around me and then would just dive at me. And so sometimes I would just have like to catch him and roll him to some sort of position. So I rolled him to like finally at one point to side guard after like letting him run around for like 10 minutes. And then when I like it's not even a twist or side control, but because he's so small and I'm like raising my my body just a little bit, he just tapped because he gave up. He was like, nah, I don't want to get out of this. And I'm like, really? Well, what happened to no t- tabs, kid? And he was just like. He just looked at me and goes, nah. <laughs> so, you know. I like it. He's, uh, yeah. he needs to watch, or he already did watch the movie The Secret. I don't know. but Can I also put something out there, Kevin? And I don't know if you experience this because you have a smart mouth. <laughs> but I don't know why people do this for me. Whoever I was rolling with, I recognized the pattern. If I was doing well against them, they would cheer for the person who is not doing as well. If I was not doing as well, they were cheering for the person who was. And I began to notice, is there a pattern with these people who everybody is cheering against me? And you have to ask, what have you done? And I think the pattern is clear. I actually, I looked at every one of those people and I said, they're all garbage human beings. Nice. And I also joined their side. I just want to help Mm -hmm. whoever is fighting you. I would like to say, though, somebody at one point when I was trying to pass guard goes, hey, guys, Raf can't pass guard and talk shit to all of us at the same time. So let's make fun of him now. And I said, oh, yeah. And I proceeded to pass guard and insult everybody and do crowd work. So don't challenge me, guys, because I'm not great at jujitsu, but I'm way better at crowd work. Suddenly a mic drops in, <laughs> grabs it. He's got a tie on. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Drummer beats a, a little snare riff. It's great. Listen, Don Rickles died. Somebody had to take up the slack, and I have no problem being the Don Rickles of jiu-jitsu. It's time to start I went over to three people and like, hey, Hockey Puck, what's your deal? <laughs> uh, and you, you can always resort to Spanish, too. Give somebody a little, let's do this, Gordo, and see if they even notice. Just move right past it. What was your highlight? Give us a final. People are obviously already booking their next flight for jujitsu at the beach. They're Googling it. They're trying to figure out how they get there. What was your highlight? Give us 20 seconds on the best. Was there, and it was just people training, right? That was the, the gist. Yeah. It's just kind of an open mat just on the beach. Um, just on the a beach. lot of really nice highlights, a lot of nice little moments. Uh, I saw some of the people implementing, uh, Brandon McCatherine's moves that he taught in a seminar the other day, which is pretty badass. Um, I myself tried to, it did not work, but womp womp. Um, what else? I don't know, man. I was just, I was really, I'm always impressed at these events by how quickly everybody is uh, happy to train and talk with each other. So I sometimes was sitting out and then somebody would immediately come up and be like, you want to train? I was like, that's awesome. Of course I do. And so, um, I guess a couple small highlights for me. Um, a lot of people, like toward the very end, <laughs> Octavio was talking trash to me. And so I pulled him aside. And at the very end, I like arm dragged him back onto the mat. And he's like, he does what he always says. 
which is, are we fighting? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we're fighting. And it was like, yeah. So we start rolling, and it literally becomes like a, a mini super fight. I don't want to call it a super fight, but it, that's kind of what it just felt like. Because at a certain point, it was the end of the day, and there was nobody else rolling except for me and him. And so, uh, I mean, that's just funny, but I was trying to like make him feel every second of him telling every other person to kill me. So that was fun. No, um, we had, we had a lot of really cool people. I think, you know, it's really nice when people recognize you. So a lot of people, they love us on the show. They love the podcast. So it's some very nice people who are like, Hey, Raph, um, you don't know me, but, uh, or we've met once and we've done this. Do you want to train? I was like, absolutely. So, uh, that's just as fun as meeting new people is just as fun as, uh, training with people that, you only see every once, like three months, four months. So, like our good friends, like Fletcher and Nico, and uh, you know Johnny Ho, and all those people from Tenth Planet, who uh, you know I, I see all the time via social media, and uh, they're crushing it and killing it. When they say like, "Hey, let's train," it's so good to be able to uh, talk shop with them and catch up. So, I had a blast. Fucking, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty jealous. I'm up there. On the jealousy scale. And well, because you also like the beach. So I do. It basically <laughs> I, I'm not alone. Everything. When you said just at the beach, it was like, oh, shut up. You live in LA. <laughs> I, I was just talking about it. I was like, yeah, LA, LA is a different place. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the LA of Tennessee, Nashville, mm-hmm. hosted UFC fight night. There were some friends of ours fighting on the card. There was also some really interesting submission finishes. I want to give the first shout-out to Brandon Moreno for a submission victory over Dustin Ortiz. And, Raph, I want your opinion on something. He did the thing that MMA fighters do when they punch someone in the face, and that person Mm kind of turtles up to avoid, and they rear naked choke them. We need a cool name for the punch to submission transition and i don't think a i've punched mission Ooh, wow you're already out of the gate better than the way it's being described a punch mission is a super awesome <laughs> uh yeah yeah i was th- okay i went the wrong way i was like a subcut. <laughs> it's like i don't think that was not bad it is bad subcut, it doesn't at know, all well, sound like that a punch mission is just it's a clean way of getting out of like oh he beat him into punch mission and be like oh yeah I accept that as fact that sounds like something Goldberg one day like stumbled into and was just like Joe w- let me ask you about a punch mission Goldie that's not a thing okay uh, now it can be and you're well, welcome audience mm-hmm. leave us five stars on iTunes let us know what you think of punch mission and Raph this has a lot of cross appeal because you could argue. Um, I forget the person that lost to George in the slap jujitsu match, but I know he, he trains at LA JJC occasionally as a 10th planet guy. He got slapped submit. He got, he got essentially slap missioned because fuck. Wow, you're talking about JM Holland of yes. the finishers podcast, a good friend of ours. When he fought um, George. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll slap say this, by, you know, cause his jujitsu seemed better. I'm just going to say it. JM is a really solid jiu-jitsu practitioner, and I happen to know that 
his ribs were a little tender going into that fight that week. And perfect. Yet he was still competing. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, dude, that just freaked me out because the whole time I'm watching you and they were starting to do slaps to the midsection on the body. I just got nervous for you. And JM and his true like JM way was just like, no, nah, that's not even like it wasn't even a thing, man. Like, I didn't even care. You know, like you understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is like he was slapping me in, in the gut. I'm like, I didn't even fucking care. You know, you know what I'm saying? And I, go, I do know what you're saying. You say that a lot. But. <laughs> I just it was very, very nerve wracking to me to watch you have that happen. He goes, Oh, it didn't even phase me, you know? I wasn't even hurt. But it was no big deal. And I go, Well, it looked like a big deal. Um <laughs> but yes, it did open up hurt. I think it was like a darse for him at the very end. Yes. And I think it was by exhaustion, but at the same point, like JM's a fucking beast and, and we're good friends now with uh, Chad George as well. So, you know, it was a good match between those guys. Slap missioned. I'm you know what I'm not gonna say that I'll let you say that and then I will pass that on to JM see what he thinks because I would like his approval as the well, person no I don't it. know that I will relay it in the way that you want me Uh-oh. to relay it okay because I yeah. am familiar with how he rolls with and without slaps I'm checking and you. he is um he's a tough guy you would have your hands full Kevin okay I, I'm ready for that. All right. There's a reason they uh, call themselves the Finishers Podcast, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not necessarily ready for him. I'm just ready to try and explain my side when we get that chance. But Brandon Moreno punch-missioned his way to victory. It was beautifully set up. We had our another friend, Smiling Sam Alvey, got some leg kicks. Oh, won the punching exchange, but got some leg kicks. And again, smiling the entire time, which kick my leg that hard um i'll probably be ugly scream crying if i <laughs> if i know me the next fight mike perry i do want to stop though on sam i'm yeah, not sure please. if you saw um so he during his whole thing that was like he was getting kicked and you could tell right away you're like oh shit it does not look good for him because he is always smiling, but the minute he got that kick at the very beginning, he just stopped smiling and he had to start limping. And I go, this is the beginning of the fight. Where the shit do we go from this? So that was rough to see. But um, there was one exchange that I thought I would bring to your attention. Uh, Sam, unfortunately, was on the wrong side of the decision. Um, a lot of heart for making it through there. He's, he's a good guy. A close fight-ish. It was close. You know? But, I mean, he was doing what he could gritting through the pain and, and making the, the fight more competitive than I, I thought it would have been given how he was limping around. But uh, here's an exchange. I don't think you saw it, but I will uh, I will recount what it says for you, Kevin. And I believe somebody in like a forum, maybe Sure Dog, maybe something like that, uh, they recounted a conversation that took place between uh, Big John and Alvy. Okay? Yeah. Big John, can you see? Alvy, yeah, you're a handsome man. John, <laughs> and you're blind as a bat. <laughs> Alvy, big, sexy John. So I thought that was important to bring up because when he got poked in the eye, all that composure, yeah. yeah. I wondered because I saw the 
the the exchange first and then i saw the fight so i kept waiting for it and i was nervous that he got knocked out because when i read that i was like please don't get knocked out just let it be like an eye poke and i saw it was an eye poke and i go oh thank god okay good (laughs) i can't believe he's it's funny that he has the uh just the way, the way he's able to. If they had thrown the fight and they had just called out. it right then and there because he was he just called like Big John You're handsome. Sexy, Big John, <laughs> Big John, like it's over. Nope, nope, he's not of sound mind anymore. That would be fucking amazing. Uh, maybe next time. It's fun. That's really good stuff. And uh, he should be on the next commentary team. How do we get Sam Alvey in there? Yesterday, I don't know. I don't know. Talk about uh, all stars. He should be back on the tough stuff. Mike Perry's elbow warranting the performance of the night. And I think I'm going to dream about it. You made a funny meme already. So I assume you saw the clip, which is all you need to see of the elbow. Yes. That's going to knock anyone out. Your elbow is a pretty tough thing. He's a pretty tough guy. Uh, Jake Ellenberger, also a pretty tough guy. Wow. You posted because of his celebration, and I think that's what we should talk about. First, congrats on the elbow, Mike. Damn. Like a dynamo. But then starts doing some twirling that's mm-hmm. not bad and kind of does a post where he's uh, kind of stealing from Wesley Snipes in <laughs> White Men Can't Jump, and he's giving a little grief and looking at Jake. You put, did no one bring the cardboard? <laughs> I realize as I say that uh, we'll break some people down. now understand what you were trying to say. Kevin has a very limited frame of reference. If that whole comment section that he was just doing right there was any indication that Kevin was like, I don't know how to describe this dance, but I've seen the movie White Men Can't Jump because basketball. <laughs> I Wesley Snipes, he's a black man, right? He dances. That's that's a thing. Uh, no, it was essentially a breakdance that he was doing, and more specifically, Kevin, for our fans who are both of the WWE, here we go, or WWF and WWEBJJ brethren for MMA fights and fans. This was what was referred to in the dubs as a spinneroonie, as made <laughs> famous by Booker T, where he would look at his hand and he would become obsessed. Like his hand had a power over him and this hand would compel him to break dance in the middle of the ring. And he would do exactly what was done there and uh, spun around on his back. And uh, there were several wrestling sites that were really happy for us. I love when wrestling sites get along with MMA sites because the comment sections don't. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's the the comment comment sections sections always want to remind you there. One is a real sport. And the other is the UFC. Am I right? (laughs) The point is, obviously, what we're learning again here is that what you do in the WWE easily transfers into the UFC. I'm just saying we saw if somebody had the foresight to create a whole section of things called WWE BJJ and somehow did it for three plus years. I mean, maybe those people would be a genius. I don't know. Maybe we're not mm. we're not committing to anything. The next fight, you're just uh, you can chalk in any Joe Lozon fight as a massive battle. This one was a little 
any decision in a Lozon fight. I mean, we shouldn't even do it anymore. We should just be like, well, that one didn't end. So he's going to, you know, we'll see him in the next one. Uh, Stevie Race won and got a lot of strikes, really successful jab work, really successful kicks. I mean, the guy's obviously very good. Uh, Joe Lozon won the takedowns and seemed to put a little bit more pressure grappling-wise, though Stevie Ray's got some grappling. Yeah, it was good. I, he had really smart awareness, and I think that transferred over a lot. Comfortable. Uh, he was comfortable in bad positions, which is usually Lozon, a sign of someone that's spent some time there. Well, Lozon, I mean, you have to prepare for that with Lozon, who has uh, solid MMA grappling. But Lozon was alive in that first round, looked really good, and then started to dissipate as the fight went on. Now, why do I bring this up? Because I might be jumping ahead here, but with Diego Sanchez, I've seen enough. And I'll come back to that thought a little bit later. I'm almost there with Joe Lozon. I love his fights, but I noticed that with him in particular, even though he's doing just fine and is winning exchanges here and there, winning the grappling game, in that last minute, when he became a human pinball machine, I got concerned. And if you look at it in just the context of the fight, you probably don't get too concerned because you go like, oh, he's just a tough guy. He's eating some shots. But then when you realize all the fights you have seen him in and you consistently get more worried as he gets older and you think, how many of these shots can he take? I'm starting to get with Joe Lazon in the nervousness for him as a human being. <laughs> As I am fully at for Diego Sanchez. Because with Diego, I literally put up a status that read, yep, Diego, we're good here. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You do not need to do any more here. We're good. Thank you. It's time to start grappling. Uh, Joe Lozon, 32, has fought 41 times. And those are 41 pro fights. What do you, He's probably got a few extras in there, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, that's 41 pro fights. That is a lot of MMA fights for yeah. a 32-year-old. That's that's some fights. Um, John Dotson wins via decision. And Lozon, uh, it was a decision that went to Stevie Ray. I'm sorry, just to clarify that fight ending. Yes. John Dotson wins in a decision over Eddie Wineland. And this one was a little... I don't know about controversial. The fans booed, which I don't think they should ever do because, you know, what are you getting? Like, what are you, <laughs> why? It's still live entertainment that you're watching fighting-wise. Just in terms of crowds, it's not good when, when people turn it on and there's booing. It's like, eh, start cheering. See if you can get some things out of them. But it was a small guy fight, a lot of counters, a lot of looking for things, and Eddie was cut up a little bit. So, Well, Dotson also, uh, Brian Stan made a point to continue to referring to it all night like this, where he just goes, you know, Dawson just looked like he got out of the shower. And I go, how do you know that? <laughs> oh, I've trained a whole bunch with them. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's all. And I was like, what a weird set of phrasing. And yet still with that weird phrasing moment, not the worst because it was a Todd Grisham night. Kev, I cannot express to you. I watched it on delay, so I didn't watch it live. But I get home, and I'm excited to put on the UFC and start watching all the fights. And there's a big groan that happened when I heard, Hey, everybody, this is Todd Grisham. (laughs) No, it's a Grisham night. And I feel like that's where I'm going to be. 
Now, I'm sure some of you in the future, if you listen to this podcast years later, you very well could say something like, I can't believe these guys didn't like him. I don't foresee that happening. But let's just say it did happen. It's not good right now. And he is struggling. And I think they have utilized this more with him than any other person. And it might show you a little bit of a pattern. And sometimes when I see patterns, it kind of strikes a a bright light, like a light bulb in my head. But I've never heard them say the following as much as they had with Todd Grisham where they go, well, let's go ahead and look and uh, hear what this corner says. And then they would play the corner audio. And they go, all right, next round. Now that we've heard that corner, let's go to this other corner. And they go, this is normally the time when most – you know, analysts would just start saying things themselves. And yeah, they break to that every once in a while, but I felt like it happened every fight with Todd Grisham. And it made me think that it was either the UFC had a button that's like, shut up, Todd, or Todd had one that's like, help, help. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Uh, quarter. Can we play the quarter cam? Please. I don't know what I'm doing. And Stan hates me. And even Stan was taking some jabs at him. And I go, what do we do here? The bosses won. They got who they wanted. Nope. I mean, was he hard to... I don't... Never mind. Uh, <laughs> you know exactly what you're getting into with him. The help button would be pretty funny if that's what they... or the no Well, they button. have a cough button. So the cough button is like, hey, Kev, I need to take a moment. Not a problem. Cool. I'll press the cough button. Oh, did you press the help button? And I think the send help button is what radio signals to their truck that just goes, oh, fucking shit. Todd has no idea what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> Todd's yeah. lost it. Everybody. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the next fight, Ovin St. Preux, Vaughn mm-hmm. Flute over Marcus Hoyero de Lima has a dark horse for submission of the year at the MMA Awards. I'm sure they've skipped that for performance of the year, but fuck them. I think this Von Flute choke was unbelievable. It was pretty good. Ouch. Also. Ow. (laughs) Well, why are you saying that, Kevin? Please explain to the audience in case they have not seen it. The Von Flute choke is basically your shoulder in a very good Loctite place in someone's throat. I saw the look on Marcus's face. It's a hard thing to tap someone who's been doing grappling or someone who's athletic. It's not an easy thing to tap people with. It requires a lot of skill and force and sometimes just a lot of force. It looked like a seriously painful situation just in terms of the way his face grippled and his eyes kind of shot back. And then he did the reach under tap, which is even more just, so it looked very painful Hmm. we'll get that 30 for 30 here in a few years when fox starts doing it's called like 15 for 15 then we'll be good to go it's gonna be about delima's pain (laughs) uh the next fight you've already well explained and not to surprisingly you're taking a position that the 35 year old diego sanchez might not have looked as sharp as he needed to he also took one hell of a beating in this one. There, It took a few punches to get him down, as it does, because the longer you're doing this, the better you do it. And in terms of durability, just got whacked. 
fell down, got hit again, went completely buckled legs. It was a pretty brutal KO pretty fast. I honestly thought Alia Quinta had stopped fighting, and now he's back to fighting, though he's already hinted that maybe his body's done fighting. So he's already making the point, Ref, you think we will see Diego Sanchez back in the cage? I'm yep. assuming we will. Like in the next yep. card, right? Yep. I'm <laughs> just swinging back through. Yep. Still a fierce competitor, but this one did not go his way. He got. Listen, up. dude. Nobody doesn't think you're tough. Like dude. nobody. You are. You are. You have proven it time and again. You've had some awesome fights, bloody fights. I just want you to remember what your name is in ten years. I want you to live a life where you'll have these things called memories. I just, I don't know, man. It's always on that verge where I just think when you ask, is he going to compete again? Like, do you think we'll see him fight again? I think it's hard for fighters to say no. He's one away from 40, 29 and 10 at the age of 35. That's a guy that has fought a lot of, a lot of fights. And I'm, I've seen them. I'm super happy. I really we'll watch I know again. you get to that point. Don't I know worry. you get to that point where you think, what else can I do? And I hope that he has explored that and he, he continues to do that. But as it stands right now, I'm just not seeing enough from him technically to, that either keeps up or is evolving at the rate that the kids are evolving underneath him. And Al is a much better matchup for him just in terms of a little bit more in range and and like, okay, yeah, okay, I guess that kind of sounds exciting. But if they put him up with a young up-and-comer, I fear for him because some of those strikes can be so deadly. And Al made that pretty convincingly uh, period exclamation mark end of sentence for me where I just said, yeah, Diego, I'm sorry, dude. It's going to be a no from me, dog, but thanks. The guy's a beast. Yeah. The guy's been fighting his ass off for very long. Fuck. 40 fights. It's a lot of fights. It And still still fun, obviously, to see Diego, but uh, 35, 40 fights. Not bad. Cub Swanson defeats Artem Lebov in a five-round war. I thought this was another clear example of Cub Swanson sort of showing what he's capable of, which is a lot of just owning the center of the cage. And his striking looked fantastic. I will say Cub Swanson's eyes look permanently like he got punched. He started the fight, and I was like, does he have a swollen eye and a cut? Oh, no, no, no. He's just a squinter. Got it. So I think that might work against him just in general. But great tattoos, great abs. So, of course, he was going to win the fight. Not much of a takedown game here. Mostly a lot of uh, striking. And five rounds. Fantastic fight gets fight of the night. Cub Swanson, a lot of action. I was surprised. There was a a wobbling of LeBeau at least at one point. Raph, why do they fight five rounds? When did that become something that... And I'll get to the counter to this in a second after you explain it, but when did every main card event, like the the biggest one, get five rounds? Hello, everybody. Oh, This is the moment when I go ahead and address everybody on the show or everybody listening, just to know. Kevin's been watching MMA for a while. I apologize that he does not know this. 
It's not that I don't know it. It's that I'm making You don't? Point. No. No, you don't? Okay, go on. Make your point then. I know they started doing it within the last... Uh, you asked me. I told you. <laughs> Say the number that I told you. Two years? A few no. years? Three years? No. <gasps> okay. Okay. Okay, go on. Go on. They call them championship rounds. No one. Cub Swanson's not the championship winner. Or is he? In which case, there was no belt presented that said champion. Mm-hmm. No one came in and said, hey, congrats. You won the championship rounds. Why? What's the deal? Let's move it back to three. Let's keep those reserved. I think they have demystified some of the coolness of the five-round fight. Because oh, we get to the round three, and they're like, we've still got ten more minutes of Cub Swanson beating up Artem Lvov. It's like, do we really? Okay. All right. Let's keep rolling. All right. Next point, counterpoint. Here's the idea. If you are continuing to fight for a championship belt, which I believe is the idea if you are main eventing, you are in route. Main eventing has never been used in a sentence before this moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was the word you just made up two seconds ago? I don't know, but you just said when you're main eventing, <laughs> which is a, a rap line or needs to be. Fantastic. Kevin? That's what we should call this podcast. <laughs> Why do we name it verbal? Main eventing is the better next time. At least mine has some semblance of I know what I'm doing. No, I like it. In order I'm to in. break the rules, you have to know the rules, Kevin. So let's start there. Know the rules. When did this take into effect? Before we had a show. Yes, that's right, Kevin. Back in the year 2011, they said UFC implements five-round non-title fights for all future main events. Hate it. Don't like it. I think that's they need to go back. Fine. But when you start a show, and you brought this up, so I will then air what we talked about before the show went to air, which is this. You said, how long has this been going on? And I go, Kevin, how is this a complaint now? We have been seeing this for the past six years. And you're just like, but I don't want it now. But there are certain fights that clearly merit that five round. Perhaps it could be because they want to get those people ready to eventually fight for the title. That's one thing. Perhaps it's because it's part of the UFC on Fox deal where they say, listen, three events only get you some of the money, but five events get you all of the monies. (laughs) I think it is somewhere more of the former than the latter because I really do feel like there are some fighters who are good three-round fights and there are some fighters who are good for – you know, five. And there is a jump between the two. So if you are a fighter, I think you do want the five rounds occasionally. If so, that only when you do make it to being a champion, and I don't know too many fighters who go, no, I'm good. I don't need to win a championship belt. I just need to stick around. Anderson Silva might be one of them, but that's because it happened forever. But that's the kind of person who you have to be. Everybody else is like, I'm going to be a champion. Somebody yesterday, I think it was Moreno, was like, I... Promise I will be a champion. And everybody, yay! (laughs) Statistically, maybe not. But I'm for the cause. So if everybody thinks like that, then yeah, I think you want some of those five rounds so that you can get ready for it. Because you can do all the conditioning in the world. But Kevin, as you know, when you compete, 
even in jiu-jitsu, you go through that dump. And it's not the same. It's not the same as being in the gym. So, yeah, I think those guys want that experience. Fuck that. I'm a purist. Get rid of the three-point line. We need to uh, stop with all the penalties in football. No. This is Kevin's flat earth theory. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was ready to go that far. I just made two uh, mild. I love the three-point line. The three-point line. You had to start with (laughs) basketball specifically. It's the playoffs. Well, what's the point? Don't Why so... shoot from anywhere else? <laughs> I think there should be a four-point line. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I'm just making a casual point. Yes, a lot of the things you just said are also valid, and I, I get that. I just The three to five round difference is huge, and yeah. maybe there should be some guard. Yeah, whatever. I guess you can't do that. You can't be like, uh, Artem Cub, not you two. It's only, only going to be two rounds. <laughs> Although Fuck Data it. wishes that's the way it would be. Artem, <laughs> Swanson, fuck you guys. Two rounds. Vitor would love it. Vitor's all in. Vitor's like, oh, I'll Vitor fight for 30 would, seconds. Vitor wouldn't, yeah, Vitor would ask for a 30-second <laughs> round. 30-second uh, MMA is not a terrible idea. It It's not but, a good idea, no, no, it's, no, no, but no. it's not a terrible idea. Stay with me on this, Kev. Uh, what if you have, like, 23 second rounds or 30 second rounds i'm in i'd, I'd watch this shit motivates you to be faster and to really create more exciting action we're gonna Granted, see a lot you of might submission get bored around round 16 but hey get there when you get there <laughs> that's true you gotta land your punches uh great for their health too but i also like the idea of just 60 seconds and that's it it's uh <laughs> it's just 60 seconds or bust Guys aren't even sweating, and they're super pissed off. It's going to be some good interviews. Overall, good card. Nice job, Nashville, Tennessee. Maybe don't get quite so drunk and boo people. And uh, props to them. I think they won the award for most camouflage attire at a UFC event. So I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to Tennessee for that. We are still in a little bit of confusion because Goldberg left us so suddenly and we don't love his replacement. But you're hinting that perhaps we're seeing the old switcheroonie. It was Spinneroonie. The, no, the old no, Spinneroonie. We already commentator Spinneroonie. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> it has apparently been expressed to me that there is talk of bringing Goldie in the WWE. I don't know what this rumor is. I haven't looked it up, but as a you know fighter, no, of course, well, yeah, as a fighter. Is he the new Undertaker? Is he the new Undertaker? <laughs> There's still, I swear to you, Kevin. There are still articles that get written as clickbait that say, "But is the Undertaker retired? But Mark Calloway, who played him, going to show up at WrestleMania? It's still happening." Okay. Like, maybe he'll show up at the Royal Rumble. And I'm like, guys, I said that as a joke. I'm sorry. I take it back. And maybe he would if people had been crying this time like they were last time. But no. You have no idea what you're talking about. You don't don't get to do this game, Kevin. So, yes, Goldie uh, has been in talks. And it sucks because, Kev, I guess I'll get your opinion on this because it's a little strange. Uh, Morrow, you know Morrow, who used to do the commentary for Pride? Yes. 
talks like this and gets really excited about these sort of things. And Mamma Mia, you we've know, got that, Anderson right? Silva coming to. Oh my God, Michael Jackson. Yeah, right, right. He's great. Um, so much fun was on the dubs doing commentary. Now this is something you don't know, but he recently came to the end of working with them. And a lot of people are speculating because he works with somebody on the staff who is bullying him. Now they're trying to downplay that and say, like, no, that's not really why he's quitting. But, you know, Morrow necessarily hasn't said it's not exactly just that. You know, he said it's not just because of this person. Do you know who the person is, Kevin? I do not. Okay. Do you remember the acolyte protection agency by any chance the acolyte protection agency no Mm -hmm. a guy by the name of jbl Hmm. john what was it bradshaw yeah what he used to be is he used to be part of a group called i think it was the blackjacks he's famous for being involved in one of the few attempts by the WWE in the very beginning of like MMA, like the big explosion of it, he was they a did a boxing match, right? No, no, no. Well, he was a fighter then, so he was a wrestler. Oh, okay. He made his way to commentary toward the end of his, oh, his yeah, yeah. wrestling sure. career. But uh, he famously did what they called a brawl for all, where they would actually put on kind of like boxing matches. Cool name, brawl for and, all, and uh, it was so that they could implement more MMA kind of style because the UFC was starting to become a thing. And uh, he got punched out within seconds. (laughs) So anyway, this guy apparently was bullying backstage, Morrow, and kind of ribbing him. And a lot of people have come forward and been like, yeah, he's a dick now. (laughs) But it sucks because Morrow left the company and he was so enthusiastic. He's one of the few people who understands both. Because, Kev, would you say it's hard to understand both worlds? Yeah. I'll raise my hand there. And yet I do it so flawlessly. But Morrow is really, really good at his job. So he has uh, unfortunately moved on. They're going to let him sit out the rest of his contract. And that sucks for him. But when they said that they were thinking about doing Goldie, I'm like, well, somebody asked her, like, what do you think? So I'll ask you what you think, and then I'll tell you what I think. I'm in on, yeah, let's get Goldie a, a new job. And he is really prepared to put his shiny face on and fake whatever you want. I mean, this is a guy that would easily walk in and be like, Joe Lozon will fight till he's 50. What do you think, Joe? I mean, he's ready. I think it's a great call. Plus, this is also, he's proven he's not going to spill your dirty secrets, even if you can him overnight suddenly. I think it's interesting in that he would make a good fit. He wouldn't understand the product necessarily at the start. Maybe he does. I don't know. But I don't it turns out that's not a prerequisite for having the job. But he wouldn't have Morrow's encyclopedic knowledge as a fan already. He would just be brought in as the broadcaster, which not a problem. And I think there's something fun to know. If Goldie actually knew because it's scripted when it was all over, he would never be wrong in saying, It's all over! Coming up next, and I'd be like, uh, this kind of has a little familiarity to it. I'm okay with that. Plus, at the very but least, maybe the UFC be. owns those phrases, so I'm not sure. <laughs> Coming up next, he should be able to keep doing the video game. I mean, how are they going to do the video game without him? <laughs> I don't know. 
I think they're going to have to, well, it's definitely not going to be Todd Grisham. It's going to be like, let's go to our corner audio. (laughs) There was a fight to win in Ohio, which we urged them not to do. But sure enough, they got some good people. They got John Coombs. uh, They had Emil Fisher fighting. John Coombs lost a nasty knee bar. But that was another quick match in terms of um, you got two guys pretty quick. And what was uh, Andres? I do this. I'm never good at his last name. Andre Berkovitz. What? Berkovitz. Yeah, let's do that. I think there's an R in there, but yeah. <laughs> uh, Andres Andres Ramatos something. Uh, oh, here we go. I've got Brunovsky's. Nope, I'm not better. <laughs> Brunovsky? I think that's right. Yeah, Brunovsky. But brutal knee bar that just sunk in, and you could tell uh, Coombs thought he was in a safe place, and then that's kind of how knee bars work. Then you're not. Uh, another really good fight. I love w- watching him fight. I, this was a great fight with Andres, who seemed to be really working a unique guard attack game. Really fascinating match. I had a blast watching it, and I, despite it being in Ohio, Raph, I'm prepared to issue a small mea culpa. This mm. isn't a big mea culpa because Ohio still is Ohio. But fantastic fight to win main event. You were saying our friend Emil Fisher also got the big W. He did. Winning it the, was the Amba. <laughs> Uh, yes, I believe he had like – it's funny because he was saying how he had something to the effect of uh, – I was like, was it an arm bar? He just goes, well, and he, he like started to explain what it was. So he explained that it was kind of like a Kimura transition, that kind of transition into like an arm bar. So uh, definitely super cool for him. That's just amazing to see. Yeah, interesting. All uh, right. I need to see that because his gi is bright yellow. So I've seen that picture. I need to see the match. I'll have to get on that. And Fight to Win Pro continuing to just storm around the nation. He did give away donuts. Emil did. Of course he did. And I saw he did not necessarily toss them at people individually. So I applaud him for taking a more reserved approach. I thought that I was, was a little nervous. Up. People were going to get smacked in the face with donuts. <laughs> just a little. And as nervous as I mean, what a great thing to try and have to overcome, but it is still still a little dangerous. That's the only part. And one thing that's nice is, you know, he did that and I was complimenting him and I said, you know, hey, congratulations, big guy. Now he doesn't know I'm saying this, but if he listens to it, then it's a good way to test if he's actually listening. But then these are his exact words to me. And I th- I feel like I'm gonna go ahead and share this because you know, I, I like to keep things on the up and up. I don't necessarily like to bring up things that are said in confidence. But this one, this one, I felt was was appropriate. I said, we were happy to see you uh, do well and that you got the win, big guy. And he said, I think you outweigh me, Raph. I think you're bigger than me. You're not. He's I not. immediately told him that. I was like, I, I didn't even want to waste time to get into an argument with him because I'm like, first of all, He's like what six one six two. He told us on the show. Yeah, he's he's more. He's like uh, he might even be a smidge heavier than I am. Mm, no, he said he was weighing. He said he fought at two hundred five. Well, he said he was two hundred, and I because I immediately just said weight, and he goes two hundred. I go nope. 
And then oh, he I tried he was this. fighting at 205. That's my bad. Well, he said, don't be bashful, honey. And I was like, first of all... Is he flirting with you? I was like, I don't know if he's flirting. I don't know how that works. But uh, I just responded in kind to that because there's no other way to respond to that sort of thing. But I just said, girl, you bigger. And I feel like that is an accurate way of saying it. So, <laughs> Emil, congratulations. We're very happy for you. And we're trying to tell you we're happy. Doesn't matter if you're big or small. You know... You're one of God's children. Okay? Is he a God one? Is he like the God? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to commit anything, but I, I just overall was letting it happen. I just know that when he says something like that, I was just like, wait, don't be bashful, honey. He was like, listen, kid, I know I say I'm fat, but I am jujitsu fat. That's not, a, that's not a real thing. <laughs> Go on. We have to talk about what you were up to. Last night, I haven't yes. heard the story. I know you threw a surprise <laughs> birthday party for your father. I I didn't know it until you sent a cute photo. So if you could please explain. All right, here's what happened, and it's been very difficult not to talk about this. Um, we'll also talk a little bit about the fact that Brandon and I did a Facebook Live interview. You guys can watch that. It's on our uh, Verbal Tap podcast Facebook page. But we'll circle back to that in a second. Here's the big story. When I was talking with Brandon the night before, and it's super late, I was almost going to tell him that we were going to throw a surprise party for my dad. But I thought, I know it's super late that we're doing this, but what if on the off chance my dad somehow would be watching this interview? Because he does watch a couple of them. And his favorite thing to tell me is, I noticed you dropped the F-bomb a whole bunch. And I'm like, yeah, dad. (laughs) And he doesn't bother to ask me to stop, but he just likes to say it as an observation. And I go, you're very observant, Dad. Don't listen. Like, well, I want to support you, but it's like, you're also like, F this and F that. And I'm like, Dad, there's an art to what I do. I don't just say, you know, fuck this guy, fuck that, you know. <laughs> go see Eddie Murphy for that bit. It's very funny. Anyway, so I <clears throat> was very excited. We have been planning this for like three months. And I was like, I can't tell Brandon. I go, I'll tell you off air. Because he goes, hey, you're not going to come to my seminar? And I was like, I can't tell you why. And I would love to tell you more about it. But I have to tell you off air. And I know it sounds shady. But just stay with me. So back in January, we decided. My dad's turning 70 this year. And we decided we were going to throw him a birthday party. And my dad, he's savvy. He's smart about this sort of stuff. But he then started looking at us somewhere late January, early February, and just goes, now, none of you guys better throw me a surprise birthday party. I won't even come. And he would said to his girlfriend, who <laughs> lives with him, he goes, if you throw me a surprise party, you're getting kicked out of the house, which is just a funny threat. <laughs> like, surprise, awesome I love you. Get out. So we didn't know how we would take it. But um, the joke I told was this. I did exactly what my dad would do, which was, you know, I consulted friends and family on whether we should throw him a party or not. You know, all the smartest minds that I could think of. I said, you know, what's your advice? And I heard them. And then I did whatever the hell I wanted to do anyway. (laughs) So my dad's girlfriend, my sister's, um, a whole bunch of our family and friends all got together to surprise my dad. And we got him like a band and we said that he was going to go to somebody else's birthday party 
and he he's really savvy. Now, here's the little story that connects jiu-jitsu for you guys. My dad's birthday is on April 13th. I know that only because David Letterman is one day older than my dad. So I know that it, whenever David Letterman's birthday, then I know my dad's one day after. And when I was growing up as a kid, I was like, ooh, David Letterman, my real dad, dad. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> um, April 13th, the weekend for that just would happen to be April 15th, which was ADCC trials. So I told everybody, I was like, I'm happy to have dad's birthday, but I actually can't do it. And I had to explain to family members, I'm like, I'm going to be covering the kind of Olympics of jujitsu. And it sucks. And at first, my wife goes, you're going to miss your dad's birthday party? And I go, I'm just asking, can we do it another weekend? And they were kind of committed to that weekend until I said, guys, I know it's beneficial to me, but let me just make this one little thing. He's going to know if we do it the weekend of his birthday. <laughs> I go, you're right. And I go, let's do it the weekend after. Because then he'll think like it's 16 candles and we all forgot his birthday. So he won't even have a clue. And he did not. He was legitimately surprised. <clears throat> I had a contingency plan to go bring him back in if he ran away. Because he, he had also said at one point, he's like, if you guys throw in, I'm just going to walk out. And I was like. You know how with parent relationships, there's a moment where when you're the child, at a certain age, you become the adult, and then the adult becomes the child? Working on it, but yeah. Okay. With my dad in particular, there are some instances where that happens. Not saying all, but some. And I was prepared to like go up to him, hug him, and be like, surprise! You walk back in there if you know what's good for you, okay, old man? <laughs> you put a good smile on your face. And you eat that cake. Okay, love you, Dad. All right. So I was prepared to do that, but he he had a genuine sense of shock on his face, and he was so happy. All of our friends and family came. It was great. So we had such a, a beautiful night, and uh, we had speeches given. Some of my dad's friends uh, did roasting, light roasting, which was nice. Uh, I, of course, did full roast. So that was a, a very nice thing, but just all right into it. Did you get everybody? <laughs> I did a tight five on the old man. Nice. You know, what it is? so my dad also has told this story once. Yeah, for whatever reason, when he saw I was starting to do stand up, he said, "You know, he's like, son, whatever you do, when I go to your late night talk show, you better not make fun of me." <laughs> and I was like, Dad, I do topical news jokes. Like, where do you fit in here? And it didn't really register. And I go, you know, I'm going to make him feel bad. And I go, Dad, if I don't make fun of you, I don't have a set. I need to make fun of you. What do you think I do in my act? And my dad's like, that's not true. That better not be true. So uh, we, we kid about that every once in a while. But no, my old man's great. I love him. And he is the nicest, sweetest, uh, most genuinely sincere person in the world. He's got great ethics and he deserves this, you know. He retired at what, like 56, something like that, and he has been enjoying his life, and I think it's great to be able to honor him and to give him the kind of uh, bragging that he always does at my expense. The first joke I told everybody was, hi, my name's Raphael, I'm his son, you all know that, because look at me, but also, he doesn't shut up about me, and I'm very sorry to everybody in this room. <laughs> 
he says a lot of really nice things about me and he goes on and on and on and on. I know you guys are sick of hearing about me and how great I am, but just know most of the things he says are pretty true. So, uh, it was very nice. So anyway, a couple highlights. One, I haven't even sent you the video. Maybe I'll put this up a little bit later, but we got him a band. So there was a lot of Mexican music being played. Okay. But do you know the moment that, crushed by this band again mexican band in case you didn't pick that up the first time but do you know the segment that crushed kev i'm definitely hold on segment so i don't even know exactly what kind of band i mean a mexican band mexican band so play music in spanish do you know what segment killed at my dad's birthday party the selena segment damn straight it did holy shit the selena medley was the best fucking thing of the entire night it was so crunk because you cannot play saint selena's without the whole place going absolute batshit crazy kevin because everybody thinks that they're like playing it cool and everybody's enjoying themselves and then you hear the sounds of bitty bitty bomb bomb and the place comes unglued. That's fantastic. I I was so happy. So <laughs> I actually, I ended up recording just a little bit. And I'll see if you guys can hear it. T- tell me if it's a little too loud on your end. But you can maybe hear a, a little piece of it. This is how you know you're at a Mexican party. <laughs> for their- <laughs> Selena with no shame. That is fantastic. That sounds, that's good. But I swear to God, like everybody in the crowd, like you saw people were kind of sitting down in between songs and they'd be like, get up, get down, get up, get down. Selena came on. We're talking like old ladies who couldn't walk were like, no, get me up there. Let's, let's do this. That's awesome. Fantastic. So to everybody. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Kevin sent a very nice note. Everybody, uh, you know, worked really hard to make it a big success. And uh, like I said, you know, I can't say enough good things about my dad. Kevin and I have the luxury of having parents who love us extremely a lot. And, uh, you know, it's one of the nice things is we get to do these things as we we get older and uh, say the nice things, throw a party uh, do these nice little gestures. So he didn't walk out. He didn't do anything crazy. He just sat there and he, he got quiet at times and, uh, he just was taking it all in. And when I gave a speech, Kev, I got to tell you this because there was a little girl who was talking with my wife and they were taking bets on the side. Do you know what the bet was? What? They wanted to know if I was going to make them cry. Hey, so, I looked at them and I was like, what the hell's wrong with you guys? And they're like, <laughs> they go, so are you going to make them cry? And I was like, Jesus, no, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> That's good. It sounds like you got, I mean, props to you guys for pulling it off. That stuff's hard. Yeah. It's difficult to get a, a whole, <laughs> a surprise party of any kind like that together. And, it sounds like another Esparza fiesta. I'm sad I missed out on, um, but yes. I will uh, catch the replay on Fight Pass. So I'll well, sure come back to the 75th, Kev, because 
I'm pretty sure if you like this one now, he's going to be like, so I guess surprise every year? Is that what it happens? <laughs> no, it's not. 100%. If that's, uh, I mean, that sounds good. You guys just get creative. Throw it in November next year. <laughs> and that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. You can catch a lot of interviews from all of the fighters at ADCC that Raph got a chance to talk to, including Geo. Um, including Nikki Ryan. You're going to see a lot of fighters. You want to hear what happened. And I thought Gio really explained his reset pretty well. So check that out. Don't forget to head over to iTunes, rate the podcast. We get a second. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram where you can get the meme stuff. But you probably already do. That's that's the great news. Or now make a friend do it. There you go. Friend month. Mm -hmm. We'll make May friend month. Mm Mm-hmm. That'll be nice. I like the sound of that just in general. <laughs> Friend month is not a terrible. We've been spinning out quite a bit of different things. None probably more highly anticipated than the long conversation between Raffis Bars and Brandon McCatherine. So yes. make sure you roll over to the Facebook and check that out. Brandon also gave it a nice share. He seemed impressed by it. And this is a guy that does this from a hot tub frequently. So you have to impress him if you're not in a hot tub. Uh, he does Facebook Live in a hot tub. This time you caught him at LAJJC, so you know it's going to be good. He had fun there. Yes. Much like if I could do jiu-jitsu not at the beach, imagine how fun it would be at the beach. That's the way I view this. And that's going to take us to some shout-outs. I'll start. I was back in Kansas this week hanging out with the nieces and nephew. Um, my sister is in Hawaii. I'm still not uh it's amazing the pictures it's hard to stay here while she's sending mm-hmm. them again near a beach i'm starting to notice a trend more importantly my parents took good care of us we got to stay in their new rv which was with the dogs a serious i got a few warnings about like do you know how to use it can i show you one more time how to adjust the thermostat it was like absolutely let's go uh, clearly the newest addition to the family <laughs> and hang out with that <laughs> crowd. And we had some good roles last week at Jubera Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, hung out and got beat up by one of our tough brown belts. Shout out Jeremy this week. And that is going to do it for me, Ref. You're going to have a lot of them. You've got uh, between your beach club. Yeah, go for it. Just All right, well... Your uh, beach get, club is how I want to refer to this. Beach club. Shut up, Kevin. Uh, first of all, let's go ahead and start with this. Uh, a big shout out again to everybody who made my dad's birthday so possible. My sisters, uh, his girlfriend Maria, her family, Marissa, Frankie, all of their kids. Uh, it's so much fun. So, so, so much fun. And, uh, you know, it's it's just fun to do those things because when your old man deserves it, you do them. All right. So now it's out of the way. If I named every Mexican family member, the show would not end ever. So you know who you are. Moving on. <sighs> All right. Um, let's start by saying a big shout out to our pals at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. Um, well, T-shirts are still on sale. We've got now some white T-shirts with black lettering for the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. I am actually wearing it right now after coming back from the beach, which awesome. 
And if you guys are so interested in getting that, it's 25 bucks. You can hit us up at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club or on my social media, you know, the whole verbal tap stuff on basically everything. Let us know if you're interested. We will ship them on out to you. So get in touch with us on that realm. What else is going on there? Well, we've got the USSGL, which is the US Submission Grappling League. That's going down May 28th. It is a Sunday. So I believe it's like, what, four or five weeks from today? Jesus. It's going to be sub only with EBI overtime rules. There is going to be a cash prize, Kev. A cash prize. That's on For both gi and no gi absolute divisions. Damn. Damn. Yep. So I'm saying we're not discriminating. We want gi and no gi guys to get in there, win some money. So sign up. Uh, I believe right now it's the uh, early bird price. I believe it's $50 to sign up. And it is $40 for kids. So keep that in mind. If you guys are so inclined, we also have another tournament that's going to be going down June 4th in Fresno. So uh, information about that can all be found on the USSGL.com website. That website again, USSGL.com. If you guys have any further questions, feel free to get in touch with me. Uh, We're just excited to see you guys get out there and compete. Honestly, we want to provide the kind of tournament that you guys want to experience and we've gotten a lot of good feedback from folks and we're looking forward to putting it on for you guys so there's that on the same realm of the alley jiu-jitsu club brandon mccatherine had a beautiful seminar that i got the opportunity to go watch and uh, take some photos of and i gotta tell you brandon's reached a new level kev that i it's really hard to explain how good he is he's clearly hit that point when you watch him roll where he just he oh it makes me so nervous when they look that comfortable and it just looks like absolutely let's do this where do you want to go well brandon you know it's funny because you mentioned him doing a a podcast in a hot tub and i told him i'm like you know you owe me residuals for that right (laughs) like it's a spinoff of verbal tap I was like, it's the same thing with our buddy Thor Skanky and two guys, one microphone. Like, I know who all of you people are. Don't act like we don't know who gave you your first crack. And I looked at Brandon. I said, who was the first podcast you went on? He goes, um, y'alls. And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. And then who decided I'm going to be a podcaster? I mean, I I did. And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. So Brandon... You know, he hosts this great seminar, but he is a fantastic teacher. He gave me a great conversation. It's super real, guys. It's a lot of perspective of not just jujitsu and not just two friends having a fun exchange with each other. But, like, we did put him on as the first podcast, and we've always had a sense of pride in how well he does in a venture of another businesses that he's done. But he's grown as a person, as a practitioner. But listening to the two of us talk, it's he knows what I do well and I know what he does well. And we got the opportunity to just exchange experiences and knowledge. And there's obviously a lot of jokes that we do throughout. and We have a good time as we do it. But I swear to you, if you really want to get insight into how he does what he does and even kind of understand the method behind our madness – you really want to listen to that interview. So I think we'll throw it up on YouTube a little bit later this week, but highly, highly recommend it to get a good sense of him. But I want to thank and send that big shout out to him and his family 
because I met his son, I met his daughter, both of which were celebrating birthdays, which raises some questions for Brandon, which is like, really? Y'all don't have like a different time <laughs> that you like? Never mind. I don't want to go there. But uh, <laughs> yes, they celebrate their birthdays back to back. And uh, they decided to come on out here for their uh, holiday or not even holiday, but their getaway, little vacation. And so they blessed us with an appearance at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. And Brandon and I rolled for about an hour, hour 30. And I just got to kind of pick his brain. And he was showing me some good stuff. He was actually practicing the stuff he was going to use at the seminar. So when people were asking, how is his technique? I was like, well, it worked on me. And uh, yeah, it was it was a very, very good. And he's teaching... Every other day uh, while he's out here, I think he's out here till Wednesday. So he has a couple more seminars. I know he's got I've one seen over. Him do at least three. Yeah, he wow. did one with us. He did one at Tenth Planet HQ yesterday, and I know he's doing one at Riverside on Tuesday and on Monday. If you are hearing this and it comes out now, it is on Monday. He is doing one at orange and it's going to be a donation based riverside is 20 bucks so if you guys are in the area go to a seminar it's really fucking good nobody ever says it's bad it's that fucking good and you can also look him up on brandon mick.ninja for his techniques so my thanks to him like i said it's beautiful to meet his family and get to see all the people he loves and talks about and as you can imagine they're adorable they're great and uh it's just good to see my friend so i was very happy to see brandon Kevin was not. No. Made me super angry. Anyway, so there's that. Then let's open shout out uh, Valley Martial Arts Center. Be back. Week of good training. And, uh, you know, I mean, Marceau teaching some great stuff. Casey teaching some great stuff. We're just kind of in a nice place over there at VMAC. A lot of good stuff going on. And it's going to be exciting to see Jean-Jacques, I think, in two weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. And it's going to be a host of fun times with him and the like and you know kev i think with all of that i'm good i'll make one last plug if you guys have not added our sister site which is kid a photograph or photography so it's going to be kid a photography on facebook and kid a photo on instagram you will see a number of photos that we have been putting up that we have in our possession from adcc trials to gi or not to gi and I think even like an EBI, I think we have some photos from that too, but we, and pans. So we have a ton of photos that we're sitting on that we're yep, we slowly plug. starting to put that up. It's my bad. Plug the photos too. Go over and like it. Get some kid A on. I think you guys will really enjoy those photos. There's a few. Uh, we've seen Leandro Lowe and Gordon themselves like some of the photos that they were attacked in, <laughs> including one where Leandro Lowe looked like he was going to tap out from Coach Underhooks. You never know. Somebody's gonna get that sink in. So there is all of that. Even Lovato and Buchecha seem to be having a good time with the photos that we put up. And that'll do it for me. And that'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and bitty bitty bum bum. Bitty bitty bum bum. A bitty 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 bum bum. A bitty 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 bum bum.